foot. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, you got skills, son. <laughs> oh, what about that? Send him off. Send the dressing gates off. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to The Headbin, the NRL Supercoach Draft podcast. I'm Dusty, and uh, look, we've got the full squad back this week. Benny, Lukey, Azza, how are we, lads? Good, mate. Very well. Excellent, mate. Nice one. Very good, very good. Loving the footy back last week. And I'm not, Frosted. I'm not, definitely not referring to the, the Broncos Winham trial. That basically <laughs> didn't fucking happen. Shouldn't have happened. But, More injuries uh, than, than tries. Yeah, absolutely. But look, the 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 indigenous, um, the indigenous game later on definitely made up for it. Like those boys just <laughs> that was like semi final football or something. They were f- trying to flog each other. Yeah. Like the end of that, the last ten minutes of that game, I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. So I just, the, the NRL just disgraceful in their management and promotion of this game. First yeah. of all, it's not even an official fixture; it's an exhibition match. <laughs> okay. Second of all, if you want it, they obviously don't want it to be anything more than an exhibition match. Otherwise, they'd put more into it. But put that at the end of the season, right? Just keep Origin where it is. Put that at the end of the season. You will have all the players make themselves available for it, or at least more. You know, there'll be more players at the end of the season that go, oh, yeah, just one more game. That's sweet. I'll, I'll jump in. Do it like the NFL. Like, have yeah. an all-star game, and it's just yep. the blokes that are playing the GF that miss out. Mm-hmm. And these... The guys just go ahead and, I mean, obviously not like the NFL All-Stars game, which was absolutely dog shit on the weekend. Don't yeah, even go and have a look at it. Oh, yes. Um, Crap. It's turned to shit, hey. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. That's really... But the, really the thing about NFL and NBA All-Star games is it's like just where you're playing. This is where you were born, your heritage. So it, it, it reaches that deeper level of um, investment from the players and, and, and pride. You know, so that's what makes it so good. And the NR- and the NRL are just like, oh, exhibition match. Like, hopefully the performance on Saturday, um, Friday night or Saturday night shows them, hey, th- this is for real and we can actually make something out of this. This is the new state of origin. It's the new state of origin that isn't state of origin, but it's like adjacent. Yeah. You know? Yeah, teams it, wanted it, a Pacific Island team in origin or Pacific yep. Island. Th- this is... This is- the, the best solution for that and 100% and and the, you know what supports um, you know putting it at the end of the year is what do all the indigenous players in the league do at the end of the year they go back to the Koori knockout mm-hmm. yep. you know they all play for their hometown teams and they just rip in so you can't tell me by having like maybe a carnival around it or something wouldn't um, you know wouldn't promote it a lot more and you get a better product although you know that was a pretty decent product that we saw on uh, on Saturday night so yeah very good to have it back it was a it was a pretty enjoyable watch there was some good footy there was some ordinary footy the rain dampened things and uh, but at least you know we got to see a couple of blokes who we've been frothing over for the last kind of four to six weeks uh, in pre-season and get a bit of a taste of maybe what they can uh, what they've got in store for us coming up but um, yeah very good and so what do you that, reckon about like the the Beats and Filipina trophy or something like that? You know, like you put two iconic um, Indigenous and Maori play players from the past as the trophy. You know, like the Proven Summons and that. Tell me they aren't gonna rip in for that. You know, if they see an icon like Beatson on the trophy or Olsen Filipina or something like that. Yeah, it sounds. Get it. That that sounds like it should happen. Yeah. We need to submit 
what you just said. Just just get it to the NRL. Don't even take credit for it because if you want credit for it, they won't do it. So just put it out there for the good of the game. And that sounds yep. like exactly what should happen. So, yeah, good idea, Loki. Very good. Lads, uh, let's get stuck into the beers for tonight. Drinking and drafting and you. <laughs> I am day drunk. Get ready to see my dick. So, Loki, you can uh, talk us through this one, but uh, free beers this week. Free beers. How good. Well, Woo! I, I tell you what, there's only one better, one thing better than free beers, and that's free beers that taste great. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's what we've got tonight. So, um, we hit up a up-and-coming local brewery in uh, Brizzy here, as we have been doing all year, uh, called Easy Times Brewing. Um, they've just opened up across the road from the iconic Gabba Sports Ground up here in Brizzy. Um, they couldn't be more across the road. It's like literally you could have a skinful watching the AFL or cricket and you would literally stumble across the road into their front door out the gates. It's like that close. Um, so uh, I hit them up on... Um, uh, Insta a couple of weeks ago and Ash and the gang um, said yep we'd love to uh, throw you a few samples and um, let us know what you think and you know profile us a bit and so that's what we've been doing and, and uh, went and saw them on I think it was Tuesday it's a uh, it's a absolute stellar fit out that they've got in the bar there I can imagine you know when there's cricket on that the place would just absolutely kick um, really nice fit out uh, ran into one of the brewers he hooked us up with some beers and we're all drinking them tonight so um, I got the uh, Big Easy IPA and their Fun at Parties Double Dry Hopped IPA um, and look to be fair you know um, new breweries and smaller breweries sometimes they can miss the mark a bit you know like they they're just feeling out the recipes and stuff like that and so i was a little bit like you know free beer awesome um but was sort of you know tempered my expectations but my expectations have been exceeded tonight so the uh fun at parties is what i'm what i'm drinking now which is the double dry hopped ipa really nice flavor a little bit of bit bitterness um you know and hazy as most double dry hopped good double dry hopped beers are but uh, for me, the star of the show is the IPA, and, and like I'm not a real big IPA drinker. I'm a, I'm a fan, like I, I can appreciate a good IPA, but I don't drink a lot of it. But, and I, I read the back of it, the little blurb on the back that uh, says, from a time, from times gone by when oats belonged in porridge and dessert beers stayed in gabs, which is Sledge. kind of like the, yeah, which is kind of like the anti-craft beer, yeah, hundred percent from their from a company that actually does all that anyway. But so I was thinking this thing, this thing's going to be a real hard, rough pig, you know, to real beer drinkers beer. But man, I don't know. It, it went down a treat, and it was real easy to enjoy. Nice drink, um, not really bitter at all. It real clean flavored IPA. So I really enjoyed that. It, it's got it, it, it's nice and um, full up front, good flavour up front, and then just mellows out. Hey, like it's yep. it's 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 really good. I'm on the big easy too. I've got the uh, the um, tropical pale ale to, to to get to later, but I've just finished the big easy, and I must say, yeah, like oh, I can't fault it at this point. It's 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 gone down an absolute treat. So yeah, I'll, I'll second that on the big easy. As a what are you? What did you get, mate? Mate, I got a. Um they call it the ovation and it's a hazy strong pale and i'm all about it i'm a 
big hazy man. This thing's yep. 5.9%. Um, it was hard to leave the hazy, mate. <laughs> it was hard to leave it. <laughs> There's a few. There was a few there that you could have just uh, taken the whole lot, left us with nothing. Um, but, you know, the haze is really good, um, really easy to go down. Nice little fruity, um, fruity combination. And now I've just cracked, um, they call the Pompeii Sour. And it's a little 3.7, little midi. Um, but it's really easy too. Um, yeah, not just nice beers. Really nice beers. Yeah. Great can art too. Hey? Yeah. Very just good can art. Just simple. It's just a good package altogether. Yeah. Benny, mate, what'd you get? I know you got the lager and you got something else. Yeah, no, I got the Big Easy IPA as well, and I'm on the same page as you boys. I'm with Lukey. I'm, I don't drink a lot of IPA. Like, it's not my go-to when I when I go and get myself some crafties. But, um, mate, it's it's really good. 6%, and it's fucking delicious. It's probably one of my favorite IPAs that I've had. It's not strong. It's, it's yeah, I'd agree. good up front. And as you said, Mellow's out. It's... It doesn't have a lot of bitterness to it. Um, and then I got the Gabba Draft Lager as well. Now, I've probably done it the wrong way around. I've gone from the IPA into the lager, uh, which is a little bit, yeah, you, you'd expect a little bit less, yeah, a little bit less flavor out of the lager. But this is this is good. Like if you're, there's a lot of blokes out there who are kind of just feeling into the craft beer scene uh, and IPAs and hazies might be a bit much. This is kind of uh, in line with your goats and that. They're a good entry-level lager into the craft scene. This has got good flavour up front, mellows out as well, um, but it's not overpowering like some some of your, your IPAs and your red IPAs and you know um, your hazies are a little bit full for people who aren't used to them. They're like yeah, so this is this is good. I, th- I recommend this brewery, man. Like so far, they've hit on every beer. So well, even just, the lager's good. I just cracked the tropical and. Um had a bit of had a bit of that. It's the um, it's a sunshine state of mind. Pale ale's a 4.4. That was my other beer that I that I got 1.3. Hops Eldorado and the Waiiti. Then from New Zealand, I don't know. I've probably fucking butchered that that name. <laughs> we can't even get Kane and Kane and Kyle Lawton. Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. But this is yeah. This is just as good. Hey, this is. Uh, yeah, pretty easy drinking. Um, this, this this pale ale too. So yeah, look, big big shout out to Easy Times. Get around them. Um, yeah, I saw them at Stafford Tavern too at the Liquorland at Stafford. In yeah, the fridges there. They're good with their crafties there. So I saw them a fair bit of them in there. Um, so if you swing past Stafford Tavern, and they're a good price too. They're not too not too exy. So definitely check them out. Just means we're going to have to get to the Gabba more, lads. Just to, you know. Oh no! It sounds like shit. Yeah, it does. Devastating. Like a horrible day. <laughs> no, good stuff, lads. Good stuff. So yeah, well, uh, maybe these guys are making another appearance on the. Um, Absolutely. On the schedule, on the Certainly. draft schedule. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, lads, with the uh, the trials last week, uh, there's obviously a bit of injury uh, news to come out of that and some more, um, you know, developments throughout the club. So let's jump into our news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Jesus, man, you read the news? If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. <laughs> 
So obviously, uh, yeah. So nothing too serious to come out of the uh, the All Star game. A couple of concussions, um, which saw themselves out, and and obviously Dave Fafita cop that rib cartilage injury, which you know hasn't has been kind of ruled anything serious has been ruled out. But you know we'll kind of wait and see. It's a bit of a pain management issue there. Um, but on that, just before we jump into injuries, like can we just agree on how much of a fucking grub Jordan Rapana is? Like, get around him. Oh, nah. Fuck <laughs> Love off. it. Nah. Yeah, you would. Mate. Man, nah, was, that is, it was grubby, yeah. He was just Ta- trying to kill blokes. <laughs> Tariq Sims. Tariq Sims was outed for six weeks back in when he was playing for North Queensland for doing the same shit to Justin Hodges. Now, he clipped Justin Hodges on the chin, but at the same token, the shoulder charge wasn't a, um, you know, a, a fence back then, only if you hit the chin. But now you can't do it at all. He's laid him out. Oh, that's some grub shit, man. He deserved more than one game for that. Oh, he, he got two, didn't he? I oh, I thought it was two. just one. Either or. Probably deserved more. And then, then he like hip and shouldered Josh Curran too when he was going for that try at the end, which doesn't technically fall into the shoulder charge category, but he definitely didn't use his arms and... You know, was a big contributor to the concussion. So yeah, just thought it was a bit, bit kind of filthy in that regard. Um, but anyway, to just to co- kind of talk through uh, some injuries um, that have also kind of happened at some other clubs. Before we jump into that, just want to give a bit of a plug to obviously uh, the NRL physio. Everyone knows him. He does some fantastic work on on social media, um, but. Uh, obviously, if you if you listen uh, to uh, he did a he did a bit of a guest feature on the weekly rubdowns um, potty, which he normally does in the preseason uh, every year, and uh, this year he did his extensive injury profile. Uh, but one thing he did kind of bring up on on that was that uh, he's now got a Patreon out where he's done a massive injury profile on. I think he said about thirteen to fifteen players at each club. Now, if you're a diehard Supercoach player, whether it's classic or draft, you probably think you're across injuries and the impact that they have on Supercoach um, based on you know the, the, the great info that he gives on social media. I'm here to tell you that there is so many more levels to um, you know injuries to players, and he goes into massive detail on so many good players. Uh, on his Patreon, and it's it's such crucial info. It's stuff that you didn't think you needed to know, but you do need to know. It's stuff that uh, you know happened last year. You know, it's a full injury profile on players. Uh, you know, it shows you trends if they've got hammy problems. Um, you know, if they've got soft tissue injury, soft tissue injuries. What to expect from a super coach? Uh, perspective um, if they're coming off injuries from last year it is such good information look it's only five bucks a month um, to, to get on and have a look at this so we we really encourage everybody who's a serious drafter it's probably more tailored uh, towards draft than it is classic but any kind of player info like that is is valuable in any fantasy platform Get on there and have a look. This kind of information is is pretty um, uh, like it, it, it's the the, the fantasy um, platform in in the states is flooded by this kind of information. There's a lot of it out there, but it's just not 
hit Australia yet. And he's gone over and above uh, to get this info out there. And I just push everybody to, to obviously get involved. As I said, it's only five bucks a month and some of the gems in there are, are, are fantastic. We'll talk to a little bit of it because we jumped on this week ourselves and subscribed and, and had a bit of a look at some of the profiles. So as we kind of go through our two RF ranks uh, tonight and we talk to some certain players, we'll delve into a bit of the info that's in there, give you a bit of an idea on what kind of information you can expect uh, but it's it's well worth jumping in and I'll just give you the Patreon link now. Just on that, Brian uh, in the Legends League last season with us, uh, he was a threat to, like we, we, we were pretty confident that we could go through to the end and, and take the title. Obviously, we lost to three wise Drafman, but um, Brian was a threat the whole way. Like he was up there with us pretty much the whole season. And that speaks volumes to the inside lines he gets and the knowledge he has about the injuries and the effect that it can have on Supercoach because he, he knows how any of these injuries are going to affect players. So if you're you're going to get that inside line if you subscribe to this Patreon as well. I've I've been the one that's subscribed to us and I've got the link here. I've got the Patreon up and I'll share it with the rest of the boys. So I've looked flicked through it and man, it's so in-depth. He's gone through every player so if you want that same sort of knowledge it definitely helps especially in draft yeah 100% mate and, and and as he says on the on the podcast he did with the rubbers he can't trade for any injured players no one gives him injured players in any league because they know he knows something <laughs> you know whether it's a it's an early comeback time or he can't offload injured players because he's got the inside line or the inside knowledge on on that and and that just talks to how crucial this kind of info is so it's um it do his head in someone would offer him a trade and he'd be like what's wrong with this bloke he'd spend the next three or four hours just trying to research <laughs> yeah, see if he's, he he's copped a knock somewhere well, the beauty of it is he's done all that hard work for us now because he's, he's, he's put this injury profile uh, together on, on the Patreon and we've got all that at our fingertips now. So, you know, if someone... <laughs> he's going to have to start coming at us with trades before he puts it on the Patreon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, be like, and then he's like, no, nah, man, just let us sit on this trade for 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and see what you put up. <laughs> see if he puts a post pretty up. Pretty much, pretty much. But it's look, it's just patreon.com. Uh, forward slash NRL physio so pretty easy to find on there and, and, and I'm assuming a lot of you guys probably all already have accounts on there anyway so look very very valuable information Supercoach Gold's 25 bucks and it's dog shit and absolute fucking dog shit complete waste I've, of money this is you, like you boys will see it when we because I bought it for our headbin account our headbin Supercoach account right so once we start the listener league kicks off and legends leagues kicks off we'll be going through that account you'll just see how you won't even see it looking through there's a couple of extra really stats hard. but it it's very tailored to classic it's very tailored to classic there there really needs to be and and what they have to do is they'll need to tap in with the draft community via wilson probably and find out what is important to drafters and build a super coach gold around that there's you know not enough I mean? knowledge within the Supercoach headquarters of draft, to be honest. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. To, they need to, to, they need out, to yeah. realistically hit up physio, rubbers, draftsmen, you know, OGs yep. of the, the draft scene to go, right, what is it that, that rubbers, and, you know, what what do the drafters want? Flex spot. Flex spot. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> man, please. <laughs> the number 14 jersey, come on. Make it happen. Wilson. 
Well, look, look, look Wilson got the secondary ladder rank captain this yeah, year. That's, so yeah, that's good. We, Props, the, man. Necessary. Props that, to Wilson. That's true. That's true. But, um, yeah, look, obviously, you know, getting back to, to um, the Patreon for the physio, very valuable information. Do yourselves a favour. Skip a coffee once once a week, and there's your uh, your Patreon subscription covered. Basically, there. That's how cheap it is. And the thing is, he will continue to develop it as long as there's players players getting injured throughout the season. So, uh, you know, for me, um, you know, getting a, you know, this player did this syndesmosis, likely to be four to six weeks, whatever, whatever. It's kind of not enough anymore. I kind of need to know, you know, how has that player responded in the past to this? Um, you know, is he getting the surgery? Is he not getting the surgery? What's the likely outcome when he comes back for a player in his position who gets this kind of injury? And that's the all, all the insight that you kind of get in these injury profiles. So it's, it's like I said, there's layers. And it's, and it's what, you know, if you take your draft seriously, then I think you need to get involved for sure. So um, just on a couple of injuries that have surfaced over the last week or so, uh, one that kind of worries me a little bit because I was quite high on this bloke is Jack Bird. Um, and he's got a bit of tendinopathy. I think I've said that right, maybe. And this was kind of, this came up on the Talking League podcast um, where Tristan was having a bit of a chat to, to Hook. Um, and he's been, uh, he, he came clean about uh, Jack Bird obviously pulled out of the uh, Indigenous game because he was managing this uh, this Achilles issue. Turns out, like, it's a, it's a little bit worrying. Benny, mate, you had a bit of insight that the physio kind of went into about that. Yeah, so this is, I'll, I'll just throw a quote at you directly from the physio so that we, that apparently he's, Look, he said on the surface, uh, ongoing issues of a player that needs to manage like themselves, they're never good. Um, but these tendon overuse issues are present throughout the NRL and a lot of them we don't hear about. So the NRL players are, are playing through these issues and, and they don't show a lot of signs. Um, the, they'll, they'll lessen the training load on them uh, so that they can sort of play a little bit harder and then obviously they'll reduce the training load again as they try and get through the injury but uh, there's been other players that we found out and we can touch on uh, later in this podcast that have played through some pretty uncomfortable injuries that some of us even have had uh, in our time that you're like what he's been playing through those injuries and you didn't even know so this is one of those issues like tendon issues they can play through it's a pain management thing kind of like a, a rib cartilage thing but uh, it can definitely affect performance, I believe. The the thing that worries me about the the Achilles and Luki, you just had a pretty serious uh, calf strain middle of last year, is that it can affect the calf. And obviously, being in the you know the high, he they'd have a high performance um, you know unit down there, be taking care of Birdie, but that's that's the flow on from it. You know, having you know had that experience before, and I've had calf strains before. You, the secondary element is the Achilles, and vice versa. Yeah, it'll be more so like just weakness, tightness, and weakness in the calf um, because of you know not as much use. Maybe I don't know. That's what I sort of thought, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a concerning one. But you know, how see devastating how for him. Just. Pretty much assured, 55, 60 at lock, getting back into it. Would have been a super coach gun. I reckon he pushed, I reckon he was going to push to the edge after that 60 minutes too. I reckon he was playing 80, man. 
Hook yeah. was like every playing chance. big minutes and he was playing 60 last year. So if he's yeah. playing big minutes this year, like he's playing 75, 80 minutes, he's pushing to the edge to spell someone after 60 minutes at lock. Boy, let's not fucking give the cunt his last rise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 I mean, no, no. If he can he's manage just, it. He's very injury prone though. Like He is. He's he, two he ACLs is. than he this. But, uh, let's, okay, we, we're off air, we were talking, I was talking about Malcolm Brogdon from the Indiana Pacers who's dealing with a, with a similar issue. But they're playing two, three games a week and trying to squeeze practices in around that. Like, it is intense. So even if you didn't practice and all you did was play, you're still doing that three times a week. He's going to play once a week and then if they've got half-decent medical staff, it'll just be management. You know, it'll be cardio on rowing machines maybe, if that not maybe not even like on fucking, you know, alter Gs and shit like that and lots of weights and, you know, upper body cardio and shit. Like, they'll manage it. So... You know, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt myself. I'm going to go, you know what? I, th- I think that he can get through 80 minutes of football a week. And look, if it looks like if the minute you hear something during the season about it, trade him. Yeah, get off him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we were just speaking off air too about Mitch Barnett. So another little gem that the physio brought up was that uh, Mitch Barnett suffered two groin or abductor injuries last year and he's had surgery in the offseason, played through them for months. And apparently, like, there was multiple weeks where he just did not train the whole week and they just rocked up and played on game day. So that kind of process isn't foreign at clubs. I think that they, you know, they know the player and they know what the load they can handle and, and things like that. So um, let's hope that because it's in pre-season, it settles right down and, and they can get him on the field and, you know, he is... You know, uh, that gets that, you know, those projected minutes and, and, you know, is the star that we kind of thought he was going to be this year. Luke Keery's another interesting one, isn't he? Like, post during the week from the physio saying, is yet to return to full contact training and is now just over 10 months post ACL injury. In no doubt for round one, but we'll look to build contact in the coming weeks. Uh, but the second, uh, the other level to that is that... Um, no player has ever come back from an ACL injury and increased their super coach output from the prior year. In fact, it's always actually declined. Except for RTS. Except for RTS, sorry, yeah, he was the only one that, that's kind of done it. Um, I, and look, I, I guess this is, this is kind of a bit of a... This is a funny scale because we all know that Luke Keery's average from last year wasn't really an average from last, you know, his true average, and he kind of averages around that kind of high 50s to 60s. So, you know, is he going to decline on the high 50 to 60s, or is it going to decline on the 75? We don't know. Who but he had that other, he had that little, that bone spur removed. So has that stopped him? Because could That's you imagine digging, yeah. digging into his, um, like if you were, ju- he might have just been about to hit contact. And then he's gone. They've gone. Nah, get this bone spur removed now. You might miss one or two weeks in the start of the preseason at worst. You know. And then they're like, because you got to think where. I don't know if you ever saw that video about where it was. It was on the front of his like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I. You know. I, I I I I'd think that you know he should his ACL probably is in a better position than the bone spur maybe. Possibly. Possibly hard to tell. And just in, uh, like, really recent news tonight, uh, looks like uh, Tessie Newey has done uh, a decent strain, possibly even a tear on his hammy. 
Um, and according to the physio, is looking, uh, you know, some word it could be a four to five week recovery, likely a grade two strain. Oh. Sell so in Cobo season. Well, maybe, but you, you don't think Azarko just gets that spot and Corey Oates goes to, to a Azarko was awful, man. He was bad. I reckon. I, I, I reckon don't think they Cobo. put Cobo straight there, though. I don't think they do don't either. So. They, they, well, nah. Azarko was the starting fullback on the weekend against Wynnum, and he played big minutes. So I think that they're, that he, he would be the he would be who they, they drop in there. Massive, though. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. So, you know, oh, yeah, Hemi's... He's got to get that right, otherwise, uh, you know, that'll be hampering him all fucking season for sure. So, yeah, a couple of uh, couple of big injuries that we covered off there. So, hopefully, um, yeah, stay abreast of it all. Get involved in the, the Physios Patreon and keep your ear to the ground over the next couple of weeks because trials are going to kick off and there's going to be more injuries to come. Touch wood for all the players out there. Hopefully, there's not too many, but we just know that it's a bit of a trend. So, good stuff. Right, lads, so this week we wanted to jump into the meat and potatoes. Uh, you know, these guys are generally the, the strongest uh, position drafted, uh, the two RFs. So basically what we're going to do tonight uh, is we're going to rank our top 30, but on socials we'll go a bit deeper than that because we obviously know uh, there's a fair bit of value in this position. And it goes pretty deep again this year, which is fantastic. Similar to your centre wings, probably not as deep as your centre wings, but um, pretty similar. So uh, look, we'll get this one uh, out of the way. There's a fair bit of value here. You, you know, a lot of familiar names and bits and pieces. But what we'll do is we'll uh, we'll go through our uh, we'll, we'll rank our top ten, then our then our eleven to twenty, and then twenty one to thirty. And as a Benny Luki, you guys are going to profile a player within those 10s and we'll just kind of talk to them individually and why they should go where they are and why you're high on them this year. So so we'll go through the top 10 and as I said earlier, we'll feature some players within uh, our list of 10. So obviously uh, rank number one, Dave Fafita, and we saw on the weekend why uh, obviously comes in pretty cold and just demolishes um, you know the defense with with one run didn't do too much after that but didn't have to uh, Angus Crichton and I'll talk to him a little bit later on at number two and then as a you're pretty high on TPJ he's three uh, Cameron Murray at number four Ryan Madison at five we've got Mitch Barnett at six uh, we've got Cameron McInnes at number seven, Tyson Frizzell at eight, Josh Curran at nine, and Hudson Young at ten. So there has I, I noticed there has been some lists that have been published uh, for some other pages and potties and things like that that have left some dual position players like McInnes and Cheese and... Um, uh, you know, Jack Bird and you and Aiken out of these lists because you would normally try and draft them in your uh, in their specialist position of you know like Hooker if it's Cheese and you know CTW if it's Aiken etc. But we've left them in because obviously not every draft goes according to plan and and some of the bigger drafts you you will put these guys in uh, you know two RF uh, or CTW if that's their their alternate position. You don't you, you don't turn your nose up at them in a position that like. And an overall ranking because you are oh, they're probably better draft in CTW. What happens if 
during the season someone gets injured and a young guy comes through or a you know a Reggie's player comes through and brains it and you grab them off the waiver or off the free agency then you can bring say Jack Bird from a second row spot down into the center wings yep there's, there's always that option don't don't shirk the the idea of oh no nah, they're, they're better off in the center wings I'm not going to draft him in this 2RF spot like if he's there and it's a, it's the right spot to draft a bloke take him regardless of his position in the first four rounds draft points over position take the points off 100%. the board 100% don't take the position off the board 100% McInnes, McInnes is the best example of that he's, he's a top four hooker but we've got him as a top 10 second rower so you're not going to go wrong even if you have already got a hooker and you need to and McInnes is still on the board so that third fourth round bang jump and grab him 100% and, and look I, I wouldn't be I probably wouldn't be drafting his, him as my first back rower so if you've just grabbed Cookie at say 18 and then at 22 McInnes is still available for some reason and you go oh I'm going to get him as my second rower probably not um, because he probably just doesn't have the upside of say someone like um, you know Madison or even a Cam Murray but you know a few picks later or something or your next pick on the turn yeah definitely look at it so Moving on from there, um, we're just going to obviously focus on a few players each. So, Azar, I'll flick to you first, mate. Let's, um, I'll let you chew the fat on, on Matto. Yeah, I mean, this bloke's what? One knock away from death. Like you he's are putting the fucking headstone on some players tonight. Undertaker, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> See hell. you at the crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, oh, shit. the bloke cops some head knocks last year. So um, buyer beware, but he's still very high on our list. Um, couldn't replicate his 2020 form last year, but he still sort of averaged 65 points, which was quite high. Um, did get two or three games where he copped a brain bash um, and that affected his points. So he still had six games over 70. Um, that was there was also the half switch at, at uh, the Eels at early last year. So that um, that sort of, well, definitely affected the way he was running off his halves. Um, you drafted him on his 2020 form though and um, – You've got to have a look at their head knocks. Though. They're a real issue. Um, he's definitely a top five potential, but if you're way off that injury, then then don't look at him. Um, in 2020, though, 75 average, and the games he wasn't injured, guess how many games he scored under 60? Two. Two. Zero. Yes. None. Yeah. Zero sure. games under 60. I remember that season. That was incredible, yeah. So, I yeah. had him that season and it was a gun. Potential's really there. He's on a contract year. Um, he's got legs for arms. Bloke looks ripped. He's ready to go. Um, real high on him if he's healthy. Way off him if he cops another head knock. Yeah. Look, that, oh, if he cops another head knock, throw him to the wire. <laughs> yeah, he's done. That's, yeah, a, done. that's a whole he's season. Fully done. That's a season. Yeah. Wade Graham's in the same basket as him. Yeah. There's a couple, yeah. Yeah, he's a real tough one this year. He's a yeah. real tough one. Look, my advice to drafters out there is make him someone else's problem. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just got to with Maddo. And you know what? If if he kills it, uh, and maybe you could have taken him in round four or something, then you probably just have to live with that and it's the risk you've got to take. But 
look. Surely be. you're taking him if he's still there at round four. And falls deep. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take that. I'm taking him in the 30s. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's that's just personal preference. I think the guy's a gun. Don't get me wrong. But, oh, like, yeah. again, it's one of those things, man, where, like... Um, it's a boy his, corner year. His, his replacement will be drafted. There's no handcuff there. Papa Lee gets taken probably the same round as Maddo. So it's yep. not like you can go, oh, they're bringing a young kid up. I'm going to grab him. It's like, no, 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 no. The, his replacement will be drafted. So it's a hard one to to kind of get on board. For me, I'm just going to make him someone else's problem. If he falls to round five or six, you know, I might consider him. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The problem, the problem with Maddo is it's not one of those uh, injuries where it's like, oh, you know, he's fucking sprained an ankle or you know torn a hammy I can I, you know I might still be able to get a v- bit of value for him if I trade him now if he gets a head knock you're not <laughs> he's got to be dropped to the free agents you're not trading him no one's going to take him off your hands because it'll be the season yeah so it's a it's a risk yeah big, take big a punt risk. but yeah you know there's incredible upside so worth the discussion uh Benny Cam Murray I don't talk to Cam Murray yeah so we had uh collectively Cam Murray kind of in that uh, mid to late round, uh, round two draft position, somewhere between 15 and 18. Um, so at the moment, this probably still stands, uh, at least until we see how the trials go, probably the second trial under the new coach, see if he plays it any different to Bennett did. But I can't see Murray playing a vastly different role to what he has previously. It'll still be get the work done that you can get done through the middle. Uh, use that quick play of the ball for Cookie to play off the back of. Um, obviously, we know he's probably got the fastest play of the ball in the NRL, and that's what he creates space for the Bunnies. Um, now, he is this season coming off a shoulder reconstruction, um, but is expected to be fit sort of two to three weeks out from round one. Uh, this is info from this is info from the Patreon of the physio as well, NRL physio. So um, now. He came back from a similar injury in 2019 and averaged more over the first month uh, than he did for the rest of the season. So I wouldn't read too much into that injury. He's one of those players that can kind of work through that kind of that kind of issue. So last year he averaged 70 odd. I think it was right on 70 uh, with a low a low 100 ceiling. So look, Murray hasn't got that for feeder um, Crichton ceiling of that kind of 150 plus mark, but. His base is a lot higher, so uh, he usually has a base of around that Ford sort of uh, 50 mark last year, I think, with the captaincy this year and playing in the middle. I reckon he gets around the 50 to 60 mark in base. Um, now, with he had one injury-affected game last year uh, of a 20, only played 17 minutes or something, and if you, if you remove that from the equation, he averages a 74, so... Realistically, that puts him up in the early second round draft picks. Um, so, I, like I said, I think these stats, along with the addition of the captaincy, the fact that they're going to need to lean on him a bit more without Renault there. So, uh, I'd say Cookie's probably going to be calling the shots a bit more, and he's going to be using Murray to the fullest through the middle there to get that quick play of the ball. So, I think you could make a case for Murray to go somewhere in the vicinity of sort of rare, like 14th to, to 18th pick comfortably in your league. And if you want to reach for him, I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, don't hate that. Don't hate that at all. I think the captaincy does do good things for him, and there'll be uh, the 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 Cook Murray combo. I think needs to thrive this year if South are going to have any kind of success. 
you know, to push into the, you know, the, the, the top four if they're even a chance of doing that. So, yep, don't mind that shout. Lukey, you want to have a chat uh, to Hudson Young? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, look, Hudson Young, um, we, we've put him at number 10 in our rankings, and I think it might seem um, a bit up there for, for some listeners, but I, I think it's, it's, it is a bit of a, a hit and swing for us. But he's come out and said that he's been guaranteed um you know the first crack at that right edge second row spot uh, that's where he he did all of his damage in the the season last year now you're talking about a bloke who didn't have the confidence of the coach struggled to sort of find his role in the team averaged 68 minutes a game and still averaged 61 points um of the season there was one two three four five games where he didn't play 80 minutes he missed a few games um with suspension and i think he might have even been dropped but this this bloke's a weapon um and what Stuart needs to do is actually work out how to coach this bloke to be a first grader as opposed to just going you haven't developed into a first grader so i don't need to use you um and then he picks harawira and ira and adam elliott and those blokes so but he's come out and said that this bloke's guaranteed. Um, so 0.9 points per minute per game. You know, I think that this bloke is the future of the Canberra Raiders' edge attack. Elliot Whitehead's getting on in years. Um, you know, in what was a fairly ordinary year for Canberra and probably, I mean, Hudson Young to a degree. Like, he did take a massive step compared to other years, but you kind of go, fuck, he was in and out of that side, you know. What, what was his role? To average 61... Um, in 68 minutes is is, is pretty phenomenal. Um, so, look, I, I think he's a player that I think you can confidently take, knowing that they'll take that step up. Um, I think that uh, with Canberra, their forward rotation, yeah, he might actually only play 65, 70 minutes a game, but I think that he's going to be the one that they go to. Um, he he just possesses that more bash and barge type line running whereas someone like Elliot Whitehead he's he's creative he passes he kicks that sort of thing you know but it's it, it's unreliable so I think that Hudson, this is the year Hudson Young takes the step he might only go up to a 65 average um, but if he's your 10th ranked second rower at a 65 average you're not missing the mark by too much there but he's one of those players that as Canberra gets better as a team I see him getting better as well yeah, don't hate that. Um, always been pretty high on on Hudson Young, and as you said, like he's he's proved it. So if he can get an eighty minute role, like he's he's looking at some really really healthy super coach output there, which is really really good. All right, we'll jump into eleven to twenty here, and this is there's a bit of conjecture here, and we moved a few players around, and there's still a couple that I'm pretty high on that we've settled on a bit lower in the ranks, lower being further down towards you know kind of thirty. But um, so at number eleven we've got Tohu Harris, number twelve Brandon Smith, number thirteen Olakuatu, number fourteen we got Lolo, fifteen Ipap, Isaiah Papali. Then we've got Kikiao, we've got Jack Bird at 17, uh, Lucy Leilua at 18, Schuster at 19, and Kolomatangi at 20. So from here, uh, Azza, you wanted to chat to Oluwakatu. Oluwakatu, um, 
had a sneaky season last year, didn't he? He didn't start the year for Manly um, and then came off the bench for a few games but found his way into that starting lineup, really made it his own. Um, didn't start as strong, had three games under 50, but the next sort of five block went 88, 68, 63, 79, 95. So um, really ramped it up juicy. when, yeah, real juicy on that edge um, for Manly and really ramped it up when I guess the confidence and that was there that, that that's his spot and he, that he's going to make it his own. So um Finished the year with a three three game five game average of seventy three sixty three. So, um, really high on him this year on the back of Manly's attack. Um, no reason they can't do that again. Um, and Manly love love feeding their their edges. You look to Ciro for the years before that, just getting over meat pies. Um, I just think he's a really sneaky good pickup, and he could slide in your leagues. Um, He's probably around your mid mid draft, um, but could really you could easily reach for him, but it could really slip. What I like about Oluwakatu is that if you look at everybody who Manly, uh, who who everybody who's talking about Manly, they're referring to DCE, they're referring to Schuster, yep. they're referring to Tommy, they're referring to Garrick. They all play left. Oluwakatu's on the right, and he still banged out these numbers. So you got to think a year on, uh, they're going to start to use him a little bit more, and teams are going to figure out Tommy. Don't forget about how Melbourne defended Tommy um, in that that first prelim, and how South defended Tommy in the uh, in the in the prelim before the GF. They crowded the left side. They just threw numbers on that left side so that they couldn't take advantage of the overlap. Now, I think more teams are probably going to do that, right? So they're going to have to start playing right a little bit more, and that just plays into the, the Oluwakatu narrative for sure. All right, uh, Benny, Jack Bird. Tough one, because as we spoke to you before, he's just picked up this um, tendonitis sort of injury. Uh, but this year is an off-contract year for Jack Bird, and he's one of those players with like, brimming with talent we know what he can do we know what he did with his first season at Cronulla we know what he can do when he's fully fit Um, and in contract years blokes like that just seem to like reek super coach points see Tim Laffey like 2017 just out of nowhere just (laughs) just oh I've got to make a contract okay cool I'll play Um, as we spoke about before these these injuries that the players have to manage uh, are a little bit more difficult to navigate and to sort of foresee how it's going to affect their super coach output. Jack Bird's a pretty tough kind of fella. I don't think he's going to let it affect him too much. He's playing in the middle. He probably doesn't have to be as dynamic um, as he has been in the past playing out on the edges. So it might give him a little bit more leeway and a a little bit more playing time there. Um, So the other week... Uh, I was listening to a podcast and Hook came out and basically said that he's set to play big minutes through the middle and that this I think this was before um, the injury so I, I I think the idea was for him to be that ball playing 13 uh, through the middle there that they've kind of needed for a while a decent ball playing 13 I mean JDB was okay when he was there but I think Bird's probably got a better sort of ball playing game better passing game um, 
So ideally, if if he was to get 80 through this injury that he's got, this tendonitis injury, he probably gets 60 to 65 in the middle and then moves to an edge. But with this injury, it probably just limits him to that sort of 65, 60 in the middle. Uh, which is still pretty good because he was basing out somewhere in the 45 to 50 mark when he played on the edge last year in the five games. So that base is going to definitely rise from there up to that sort of 50 to 60 mark, sort of 55 mark. And then I, I, even though there's not as much room to move in the middle as there was on the edge for him, uh, I still think the, the bloke's got tackle busting ability. We all know that um, he's, he's likely to break four or five tackles a game playing through the middle anyway so I, I still think you can comfortably draft him at that 60 point average uh, he had a 50 end last year with a 57 point so I, I think that sort of 60 point even with this injury is is very doable for him if it looks like he that injury isn't bothering him and he comes good early in the season I, I think you can even look at a sort of mid 60s average for the season uh, possibly even higher but obviously this injury is going to be the telling factor in it and how many minutes he gets and that's going to be uh, increasing his average so just keep an eye on sort of whether he plays trials or not and if, if you do grab him you probably want to leave it till somewhere in the sort of sixth to seventh round yeah I agree man like if he plays a trial play on nothing to see here I reckon I think it's probably okay but if he doesn't play a trial it's tough, yeah. yeah. We're worried about that. You, you might want to live a bit later. But if, if you can pick him, if he plays a trial and you can pick him up in the seventh round, that's value. Like, yeah. oh, I, th- I honestly Crazy think he ends up with a 65 average. Yeah, definitely, yeah. mate. Definitely. Lukey, hi, Pat. Um, yeah, Isaiah Papa Lee. Um, more mystery than a bloody uh, Scooby-Doo episode. Like, it's just, you know, what's going on? Where's he playing? Um I, I read a, a tweet during the week that um, a Parramatta fan, a, a, a heavy Parramatta fan, has said that Nathan Brown has only just gotten out of his boot and um, yet to take the field after uh, off-season ankle surgery. So what that means is he's going to miss the first couple of rounds and, and Maddo um, is going to play lock. Okay, and a few people jumping off the Maddo bandwagon, but what I didn't understand about that all was... You've had Isaiah Papali'i, who's been rumoured to go to the middle all off-season. Why wouldn't they plug him into Locke? He's a ready-made Locke who basically plays big minutes. So, look, I I think that with Papali'i, there is a lot of mystery. There's a lot of doubt. But as we've spoken to previously... The Parramatta Eels are at a crossroads with Brad Arthur. He's fighting to save his job. You're really going to have a player of Papa Lee's skill level, ability, workload, effort, heart, play 45 minutes a game at prop? Mate, you're fighting for your job. I'm putting that bloke out there. I'm making him work for the rest of his contract. Because you've paid him up into the season, he's leaving. Okay, mate, you'll get the minutes you're after. Go out there and perform. Show you're worth the money that you're getting paid next year. Boom. Yeah. So I, I think that whether it's filling in for Nathan Brown at lock, playing f- you know, front row or on the edge, I think Papa Lee has so much upside 
and he showed so much last year that you can't ignore that. And at the end of the day, it's a bloke who's realised, fuck, man, I can make, I can damage these NRL players. He's been playing for a few years now, but last season was a season where he made it. And I reckon he'll take some confidence out of that. Oi, I can, I can hurt these blokes. I, these blokes can't stop me. And that was the realisation that he had. I don't know if that goes away. So whether, whether he's playing prop, lock, or edge back row, I think that that comes through, that confidence that he's got comes through and I think that he's definitely draftable if you, if you pick Papa Lee up in the fourth round I think that that's probably as high as you'd want to take him but it's not a bad call you know um, I don't hate it I, I mean if he gets some minutes on the edge and he spells someone through there we all know he can play 80 regardless of where he plays um, but it's, it's tough to know what Arthur's going to do with him. Lukey, Daphne or Thelma? <laughs> oh, Daphne. 100% Daphne. <laughs> Why would you even ask that? Why would you even ask that? Why would you even tell that joke? <laughs> hey? I don't know. It's the first thing that popped in my head when I thought about mystery. I don't know why we're, I don't know why we're rub- rubbishing Scooby-Doo. I don't know, like, why we're doing Hey, man, this. you do you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Scooby Doo's a fucking legend, man. <laughs> All right, so yeah, some good insight there. We'll jump into so picks twenty-one to thirty. Uh, so we've got Jai Arrow at twenty-one, Aitken at twenty-two, Tupanua at twenty-three, Ricky twenty-four, Nathan Brown at twenty-five, Isaiah Yo twenty-six, Jerbo at twenty-seven. We got Peachy at twenty-eight, Nakora twenty-nine, and Liam Martin at thirty. So, Azza, uh, you're going to talk to Satili Tupanua. Tupanua is another one that sort of gets under the radar a bit for that Rooster squad. There's a, just a ton of talent in there, but he's always he's always showing up and he's running those gaps and running those those lines for his halves. Um, I mean, we've said it a thousand times, jump on Roosters players, especially with their um, strength of schedule in the first sort of 10 games. Um he only averaged sort of 55 points last year, but um, that's sort of hampered by a couple of injury games. Um, it, without the injuries, he probably gets around the 60 mark. So he's still a solid, solid pick. Um, I think there'll be more stability there with the halves um, if they stay healthy. Um, but I just think 12 tries last year, um, yeah, set halves. He's got good evade skills as well. Um, he just always turns up. He's always on the spot. So, I think um, I think he'll sl- he'll be sort of past the the hundred stage of your picks, um, but he's still going to be a solid pickup um, regardless if he's your third two RF or if you put him on your bench. I think he'll add some value to your squad. Here's a hot take. I don't. I reckon he gets dropped at some point during the season. Wow. Defensive troubles. Yep, and yeah. he was pretty think, average in defence. And I think he's a flat track bully. I think. Yeah. I, I reckon that you'll see Egan Butcher in the in the back row at some point during the season. So I drafted him last year and I kept him for the whole year. Um, I wasn't. That doesn't speak much because I came last. But look, <laughs> he was pretty solid. But the problem is his base, his base, and his floor is around about that thirty mark. Yeah. But his ceiling is like hundred and forty, because if they like Dusty just said, if, if they flat track. Gets a double. He gets a double. 
and he puts up 140 points or 125 points. And he did that a few times through the season. If you want to run him as your third 2RF, you need to pair him with somebody with that sort of 70 base. You need to have someone in that 2RF spot, um, your first two 2RF spots with that 70 base sort of 95 ceiling to pair with a bloke who's got that 30 base but 140 kind of ceiling. Benny, pretty Ricky. Pretty Ricky. So, uh, obviously, there was a bit of a hype train on him last year. Um, everybody was kind of jumping on the back of Ricky, but um, unfortunately, a, a pretty average first 10 rounds of Supercoach last year like it quelled that a little bit. Um, and then he kind of found himself out injured for five rounds. So, the start of the season didn't live up to the hype of the preseason. Uh, but he returned after the round 17 last year. And he kind of started to live up to it a little bit. He scored a 93 against the Tigers, followed by a 64 versus the Panthers. And then he followed that with a 116, a 49, a 61, and a 50 in the rounds from 18 to 23, those games were. Uh, and he played 80 minutes on the edge in those rounds. So that that average came out at a 72 over those five rounds. And while I don't think this year he can, he can up, like, he, I don't think he can put out a 72 average for the season. I don't think he can be too far behind. He's got a better half. He's probably going to be playing, like most likely we all think he's going to be playing on that uh, on that right side with Reynolds. And mate, Reynolds is probably one of the better halfbacks in the league. Um, he doesn't mind using his two RFs. So he's not like Walker that's going to skip them for the center or the winger. Uh, I, I think Ricky can definitely look up to somewhere where we were talking about Jack Bird, if it was fit around that low 60s average to 65 average, um, he's got the ability to do it. So I, I think if you can also draft him in that round seven sort of spot, round six to round seven, that's really good value for Ricky. I, I, I mean, it might be a bit of a reach given his 52 average last year, but he's got a better team around him and I think he gets that 80 minutes on the edge. Yeah, I think he does too. That's kind of all but being confirmed. Um, this year so hopefully he takes that next step and uh, we get to see some of that real high end that he's got going on uh, Lukey yep uh, <laughs> <laughs> give him something Lukey yep Lukey you got Jai Arrow I do have Jai Arrow um Dual second row, front row forward this year, which is fairly uh, critical to why we have Jai Arrow where we do at 21. Um, he looks to be locking down that right edge spot. Um, they do have a few fronties there at South, so it looks like Jai Arrow is going to get that edge spot. He did play there a little bit last year. Um, Dimitriou obviously has a new plan for him. Um, so if he can get some minutes there, uh, definitely something worth looking at. Now, he did play there a couple of times last year, uh, more than a couple. It was actually six times he started in the number 12 jersey. He did finish games there through injury and substitution and things like that. But in games where he started in the number 12 jersey, there were six of them in total. He averaged 56 minutes. He scored 50.8 points with 44.8 base in those times there. So that says to me he's got a few attacking stats in him, um, but also that he has a bit more of a free reign on that edge to uh, offload and, and, and take the line on and things like that. So I think uh, 
Jai Arrow's one of those guys with the dual positioning that's very versatile. He's probably your third, second rower, but he's one of those blokes who, you know, if someone pops up on the waiver um, that is doing quite well for the season, uh, let's say like a Luke Garner, for example, has a breakout season and he's just killing it, you bring him in off the waiver, you stick Jai Arrow into your front row and you, you probably end up with a front rower that's averaging, you know, mid to high 50s. And then you plug in a, 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 a second row into that third second row spot. So that's where I see Jai Arrow. Um, value for money. I think you can pick him up somewhere in around seven and eight. Because I don't think people are going to look at that uh, second row average. Um, and also the fact that he's playing there might also be foreign to them. They may not get that update. So yeah, look. Um, I'm high on Jairo because of that dual eligibility, but I'd probably draft him as a front row forward. But I think as a third, second row forward, I think somewhere around, you know, round seven, eight is probably where you draft him. He's juicy at front row, hey. Mm-hmm. High, high upside there. Front, front rows yeah, with upside, man. That's, yeah. that's what you need. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like I said, third, second rower is probably where um, you're looking to take him. So yeah. So we're talking about um, getting Roosters players in our side. Boys, uh, based upon where you sort of think you're going to draft pick because we actually get to pick our positions in the head bin this season, where you think you'll probably land draft pick-wise, who's the first Roosters player that you'll think you'll be able to draft, who'll be available to you, and what like what position, what round? Um... I'm probably like, so I get my I get ninth pick at who at where I want to draft, which is probably yeah. if things line up, I'm probably going to end up maybe eighth or ninth. Like it's not I don't think the picks are going to vary too much from where people get to choose. Yeah, I honestly don't think it's going to change much because the blokes up high are going to be like, no, nah, no, nah, I want one of those gun fullbacks, or I want Cleary, or I want you know. So, or I want Latrice. It's just I don't think it's going to vary a lot. Who, you know, you who get one takes a flyer. Yeah, like I've been toying with the idea of taking pick eleven, so that I, so that people make some decisions for me, so that like the blokes who are after me to make a couple of decisions for me, and then I can get two on pretty quick, pretty quick concession kind of thing. It's succession. It's just, I think, poss- like I could possibly at nine get Crichton, maybe, if he falls that far. Um, Easy. In our league, yeah. Cry- Crichton in second round's not the worst. Like at, at uh, what will that be? Pick. I'll, I'll give you pick 11 and we'll he see doesn't, if Crichton fall, falls he, that far. Oi, what, what pick are you in the second round, Benny? Let, you, uh, you I'm say you're, that out now. If you're sort of pick uh, 9. 13. Uh, 15. You'd 15, be 16. Yeah. 16, 16 it is. Yeah, because we're 12-team. So 16, I'm giving you the drum because I'll probably be big 10th. not falling. Yeah. If you don't pick him at number 9, he's probably either going 10 or 15. You will not pick him at number 9. Because he's coming to the sins bin. What if I take your pick? Hey. What if what if I take what if I take? I'll draft him at nine. <laughs> Just to spite me. Just to prove me wrong on the podcast. My answer was Crichton, so I'm gonna have to change mine now because I'm pick eleven. <laughs> so he ain't falling that Well, far. If, if Benny but the thing is, man, if Benny don't well you might get him because if Benny don't pick him at nine, you I'll probably him. take my chances at fifteen. But if you're gonna take him at eleven, then you, you, look, he's probably not getting past 14 then, which is you. Yeah. He's not getting past 11. I'm telling you that much right <laughs> yeah. now. He's not getting past 11. <laughs> oh, wow, the revelations. I'll take him at 11. 
Uh, look, I, I don't think I'll get him at 11. I think uh, one of you blokes will get him. I'll, I'll probably be looking at Joey Manu somewhere around 4 or 5 for me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. If I don't get Crichton, it'll be Joey Manu in You're looking at, at Kiri, 39. Yeah, I think I'll probably be looking at Kiri at 24-25. There's, there's a lot of, you know, we've we've just spoken to Radley as being probably in the next lot of 10. Uh, Josh Jackson has to be there. Capewell has to be there as well. Um, you know, there's a few blokes who... You could sub any of them into that bottom, that 21 to 30 slot, and it'd be fine. Like JDB? Yeah, after 20, oh, it kind of becomes a little bit of a grey area. St. George Middles, man. St. George Middles. Fittest yeah. bloke of the club. Yeah, but yeah. all they did was recruit Middles last year. <laughs> and, That's and true. On that, did you listen to that Talking League, Azza? Nah. With, with Griffin. He said that Tom Burgess is going to be on the bench. Now, Josh Maguire misses the first five weeks with suspension. It's just like... And Moses Mbai too. Moses Mbai is going to be the 14. Be the 14 yeah. So you've got, you know, Tom Yuck. Burgess, Moses. It's just like JDB might play big minutes up front, right? Where he'd probably play 55 minutes. But I think the ball playing and stuff is going to be out. That might be a good thing um, because it might mean that he has more base stats than anything. Um, but, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. There, There's so many middles. You've got Francis Molo, Blake Laurie, Tom Burgess, Aaron Woods. Now, Jack Bird's supposed to play some in the middle. You've got Jackson Ford, Jack Jack DeBellin. Oh, man, it's just middle. (laughs) Where the fuck are they all going to fit? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Another that we we left out of the top 30, which I think is probably, you know, I think by the end of the year is probably well in that top 30, is Bo Firma. Yeah. What about RFM? Don't rate him this year. Sorry. Off the injury. Well yeah, off injury, him. Yeah. I'm off him. Everyone else yeah, just is, throw it out there. is just firmly inserted into rectal cavity. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm sorry. Like I, I saw that footage of him. He looks lean. He looks slight. He only just started like straight line running about three or four weeks ago. Um, they've got TPJ. They'll have Josh Jackson on one edge to start things off. Now nah, it'll be Hetherington. Oh well, they're Harry to Hetherington, and Jackson's in the in the middle. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I could be proven wrong, but I'm not on him this year. Sorry. No, I just thought I'd throw it out there. I'm not on him either, personally. He burnt me last year, so a bit off him. But sort of throw it. So out there. in the games after suspension from Victor Radley, so he got that that big suspension after the Broncos game, right? So from round 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And then I think he missed the last four games with probably suspension or injury again. He averaged um, 64, Victor Radley did, and minutes he averaged 62. Ah, 71, sorry, 71 minutes and scored 64 points. I, I think he, he's, he, he lost his duel, but I think he's a, he's a good candidate for a top 30 uh, second row forward. I, I don't know how, you have Peachy, how we have Peachy there and not Radley. So we might have to look at that before we post it on socials. Because you suggested it? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, but I'm saying... Nakora behind Peachy, you're kidding. Uh, okay, all right, mm. all right. I'll go you, Shuey, Azza. Peachy averages more than Nakora. Yes, Shuey. Fuck yeah. 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 Yep, 100%. done. It's done. All right, lock it in. 
Right, I'm, not so, I'm not so sure about that either. As like I, I saw what Nakora did on the weekend, had a fantastic game, and he has that upside. But then, you know, for a lot of last year, he was pretty pedestrian too. So, well, he averaged 55 last year. So, it, you know, and he did nothing really, and he still managed to average 55. Um, I just think that uh, look, I, I don't think it's going to be that much points in it. But I'm just, I'm backing my boy. I'm backing my boy to out average him. I think that you'll probably end up it'll be under three points will be the difference, but go the peach. I just want to see you do a shoey again. It's disgusting. You'll need to book <laughs> out fucking two mine, days, man. You'll need to book out two days. It does take a while. <laughs> I bought half mine down the sink, but at least it didn't take three weeks. Uh, nice one. All right, lads. So we'll chuck some stuff up on socials that will kind of solidify our, our dribble a little bit more that we did tonight and, and give you a bit of more of an idea on some of the players that kind of missed out. As we said, like 30 to 40 can be fairly interchangeable with, with the second rollers and that's kind of what makes the pool so deep this year. But we'll get something up for you guys to have a look at. A uh, couple of fan questions before we uh, uh, before we bail. Um, so Nashi8 on Instagram. I think you can group Satili. Kolomatangi and uh, Olakawatu together, where do you think they sit? So I'm going to take that as where do you think that they could be drafted? What rounds? Well, who are you taking first? Olakawatu's the oh, first out of them. Then Kolomatangi, Kolomatangi then Tupanua. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think you can group them together. I think Kolomatangi and Olakawatu are a little bit closer, but I think Tupanua is a fair bit away from them. I think they're at least around apart, apart from each the other. three of them. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I think I think Kolomatangi and, and Olukawatu are pretty close together, if you ask me. I think probably one's like late round four, five. Yeah, I reckon that's a that's like a early round six, maybe. four spots from the turn kind of thing. Yeah. If you're within four spots from a turn, you could grab both of them kind of thing. Tupanua's, yeah, probably round he, eight I, Yeah, plus, he's a bit further away. I think. See, uh, someone's going to have Olukawatu and Kolomatangi type level talent as their one and two second rowers. There's going yeah. to be teams that go on prioritising spine and other positions and their second row forward, you go, oh, it's a bit lean, but it's going to have that, you know, two second tier back rowers and a number three, you know what I mean? So it's going to have Kolomatangi, Oluwakatu and Peachy as the back rowers or Victor Radley, you know, and it's they're not going to have top line talent. So it's not a terrible thing. But you, you could go, you could go Mitch Barnett late round three, just... Just saying, you'd, you'd be a little bit of a reach, but you could go Barnett late round three, Kolomatangi late round five, and then Tupanua round eight. Imagine if that was your back row, and in between that is where you could fill out the rest of your squad. You could get bulk centre wingers in that. Like, that's a yeah. good... It, yeah, you're right. It doesn't have that out-and-out, out, like, upside of, like, a... You know, for feeder or a gussie or something like that. Murray, that sort of thing. Yeah. TPJ. There's, there's going to be less that's, than that's less than output. a thirty a league that get that output. Yeah, hundred percent. There's only there's only three blokes up there getting that output, so don't worry about it. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you can get them, don't worry about it. Like you've got to you've got to try and fill out your back row spots as best you can. Um, and if you can't get for feeder, Crichton, TPJ, or Murray, your next best is Madison, and that's a risk. So uh, the rest are on par through to sort of fourteen. And that's yeah. where, Dusty, you were saying before about take the points, not the positions. So, you know, like you said, uh, Benny, if you miss those first four, you can't go, oh, who's the next best second role? Because those positions are, nah, you just take the next best points 
obviously you don't want to double up in positions in the first couple of draft rounds, but <clears throat> you just take you know the best points that you can get and then worry about like you said if you need to pick you know if your top line second rower is a 11 to 20 bloke so what if it means you get fucking awesome spine players with huge top end who cares yeah if you if you you're in around four and you're looking at a madison or someone and you've still got someone like a stags on the board you're taking you're taking your upside. I'm taking stags. You're taking Every your upside. Every day of the week. Yeah, you're taking your upside, your centre wingers over, or, or your high-scoring halves if they're still available over over those two RFs that are sort of moving into that um, sort of six six position, six rank two RF and onwards. You don't want to be looking at them when you've got some still pretty high upside boy, uh, guys on the board. Yep, absolutely. Now, I think we kind of answered this next question a little bit earlier, but I'll go with it again. So, K Rudd on Instagram, is Gus worth a first-round pick over someone like Hines or Hughes with bigger upside? 100 fucking yeah, percent. I think so. D- does yep. Hughes have bigger upside? Does Hines have bigger upside than Gussie? I think Hines does. I don't think Hughes does. Well, Hughes... We can't Hughes sleep on Hughes out. this year, surely. Hughes is out fucking standing last year, if you have a look at his games, but... Hughes has I, done it for one year, so yeah. Hines. Yeah, Gussie's done 100%. it for a lot longer. I, I, I'd be taking... I'd be taking Gussie. I wouldn't I wouldn't be picking him, realistically. Like, we were just having the Barney about where to take him. Um, all right, boys, I'm going to throw some names out, and they're all going to be compared to Gussie and tell me who you'd take for feeder. Fafita. Yeah. DCE. DCE. Gussie. DCE. Munster. Gussie. Gussie. Yeah, Gus. I'm off. Hines. I'm off him this year. Hines. For me, Hines. Hines. Gussie. Hines. Hughes. Gussie. Gussie. Yeah, there's a few Gussies in there. It's a 50-50 mm. split, I reckon, between those players. So... I mean, the thing is, as Dusty, you've said before, it's not going to fuck your draft up if you picked him at 8, 9, 10. Because no, you no, could probably get a, a Hughes the next round. You could get a, you know... If you took Gussie, though, at 8, 9, or 10, the same with Fafida, your next pick has to be a spine player, I think. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, you need that halfback or 5, I know, that, I know that we say points over positions, but... If you're going to take a non-spine player in the first round, your, your best pick, the, 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 the chance you have at picking your best player in your squad, which is your first round, if you choose not to pick a spine player, you have to prioritise one with your next pick, I think. Yep. Yeah, and it's a bit kind of thin through there, through the, that kind of like 12 to, say, 18. Yes, agree. 5'8's especially, man. Yeah, it's all, it it's all kind of cliff. back row and hookers through that area, and then you probably pick well, Gutho up late round two. If you got fucking Crichton at 10, your next pick's 15, and I reckon you could get in a 12 there. Man, yeah. Yeah, you know, or even, you know, you could if you're in a 10-man, you could probably get Hughes, maybe even DCE. So there's going to be options there, and I reckon those options are going to be Hines, DCE, Munster, Hughes. So when you think about it, it's not that skinny. Yeah, I don't know if Munster falls outside the 10 or 11 in most leagues, man, because of how thin 5'8 is. Yeah, but I'm saying in a 10-man league, if you picked up Gussie at 9, you could get Munster at 12. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. That's, I just can't believe how much of a drop-off there is between 
walk a monster and then just fucking daylight. Mm. Yeah. It is absolute daylight. Like, there's Dewey. That's Then he's injured for well, that, half well, the season. Well, you, like, well, that's the other thing. You, you, like you were saying, like, you take, you know, it, it's... Uh, take a... you got to prioritise the spine player, but there's, there's no reason why he couldn't just go, um, you know, Gussie, pick up, like... 2-0. 2-0, yep, 100%, or a Garrick. And then go, all right, I'm going to take Burton at 29 or whenever it is the next pick is. Yeah, and that's fair. And Or maybe Hunt. Hunt might slip that far. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hunt, um, so, Burton. There's still yeah. flexibility to take the points off the board, right? Yeah, yeah I'd much true. much rather do that than like go, oh, no, I have to take Hughes. Yeah, no, you're then, right. And then obviously later on in the piece. Um, you Let's know, not forget that Bogarty picked up the goal kicking with Croker's injury so Fogarty's probably jumped up our ranks since we Croker's playing footy this weekend yeah. let's just but it, confirm but he's not that. goal yeah. kicking is he well he won't the, be goal kicking. the physio doesn't seem to think that he will uh, but he is going to play how long he lasts I don't know but look. don't forget Dusty Anthony Milford will be there in round 4 for you 100% grab him alright lads that's All enough right. waffle for tonight <laughs> there's some shit talking I'm about I'm waffled out yeah, more more <laughs> waffle than a pancake manner. Oh, oh, fuck, I am. Someone turn his mic off. Come on. I am on fire tonight. Sake. Fuck me dead. I'm a father of two kids. I'm allowed to have dad jokes. Yeah, if you're on a fucking book <laughs> club <laughs> podcast, like, come on. <laughs> Oi. No, no rubbish. Bo- we're not out here to rubbish other podcasts, all right? <laughs> we're not. Yeah, we are. We're really true. not. Yeah, good stuff. All right, just the fullbacks to go, lads, and we'll probably smash that out next week. Um, and everyone's going to start drafting pretty soon. Trials this week, and then the uh, the main trials, obviously, in the second week. Uh, a lot of the uh, the main players get get their run in the uh, the trials next weekend. So a bit on. Look forward to having a chat about it next week, and uh, so I'll see you guys then. Yeah, Cheers, just um, on that too, Dusty. Just before He's you go. <laughs> Definitely got shit to say. If you know where your draft position is now, if you've sorted that out with your league and you are going to start to draft and you want some advice, fire some questions off. Definitely, like, if you want to personalise it, if you think that Az is a shit bloke and you don't want to hear from him, just go, Oi, Benny, Dusty, Lukey, what do you reckon about this? Or, you know, vice versa. But definitely ask us. We're up for giving you some tips on who we think you should take where. So yeah, It's not an opinion that Az is a shit bloke. It's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> it's been proven. If you yeah. want any, and look, if you if you're thinking, oh, I want some advice from from Dusty, write the text, delete the text, and then go. <laughs> Nobody I'll send it to one of the other boys instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dusty, I think, think I'm going to come twelfth this year. I need some advice on how to get through the end of it. Yeah. How to come thirteenth in a twelfth man league? <laughs> I'm scared I'm going to win the comp. How do I not do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, lads, get fucked, and I'll see you next <laughs> week. <laughs> see you, boys. Catch ya. Catch ya.